I'm Scott Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the GAF Podcast. This podcast is for professionals who want to work in the advisory space. It's a series of conversations and essential frameworks to give better advice. It's the stuff they don't teach you at uni. It's where value sits. So buckle in, volume up, let's go. In this podcast, I chat with Cass Sasso from the Wanda Group. This is part of our entrepreneurial series, and Cass is a great exponent of entrepreneurial, from pizza and red wine to op up and operating and crowdfunding the next level of business. A great one for entrepreneurs, but also for advisors advising entrepreneurs. Hi there, everyone. Scott Fitzpatrick here with another episode of the GAF podcast. I'm super, super excited. I've got Cass Sasso with me, who's an entrepreneur with the Wanda Group. And this is part of our entrepreneurial series. As, as advisors, um, I wanted to get a sense of dealing with entrepreneurs and the emotional roller coaster they go on and what sort of support they need behind them. And I think no better way to do this than to let's get a few of the entrepreneurs on, onto our program. And um, I want to welcome Cass Sasso. We want to hear your story from start to finish, even though it's not finished yet. But um, welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's got great to be here and thanks for having me. Great. So Wanda, I love the name Wanda, but I'll get you to talk to me about Wanda first. Let's go. Yeah. So, um, I mean, to to explain Wanda, I really need to start right from the beginning and, and give a bit of a, a brief um, overview of my background. I, I started in hotel uh, and hospitality interior design. And uh, I had a career in that for, for 10 or so years. I had a, another business, successful business doing that. Um, and it was during that time when I was working with traditional developers, operators, um, you know, the brands that we know, um, that I, I, you know, get really frustrated, to be honest. Um, you know, the, there was a lack of in the industry's commitment to sustainability, uh, to really deeply giving back to regional communities. And, you know, we were working on projects that were really transactional um, where it was all about volume rather than uh, creating, I guess, meaningful experiences in my view. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we we sat down and thought, oh, you know, let's do our own hotel. Like we got really, I think it was over pizza and red red wine, you know. how That's where a lot <laughs> of good ideas start. Yep. start. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we thought, Right. Well, you know, where are we going to put this hotel? You obviously need a lot of capital. Um, there's a there's a risk, etc. All all the normal um, business thoughts. Uh, so then we thought, well, well, what if we do, uh, you know, almost like an exploded hotel where we stick to our expertise of designing this great room. We partner with local landowners. There's plenty of people in Australia with with great land, and then we we, we create this network of rooms. So it's almost like this decentralized asset rather than having you know typically what would be a hundred rooms in one location like a normal hotel. So Cass, let me let me just backtrack then. So you found that there was a lot of the developers were talking up the good story about sustainability, but not really <laughs> actioning anything. There are a lot of good ones out there that true, true. let's not let's not brandish them all, but in your yeah. mind there was a and then and then what I like to know is what's the problem you're solving then? Yeah, well, what we found is that guests um, were really wanting this deep 
immersion in nature, um, but without the uh, without sacrificing comfort or sustainability. Um, that, that's you know sort of on one hand that experience side of it. On the other hand, we you know we wanted to create this product that was almost um, a mix of the best elements of existing products. You know, you've got a hotel where you've got brand consistency. Um, and a value proposition to, to guess and, you know, fit, fit, fit for purpose build. Then you've got Airbnbs, which, you know, we've all stayed in good ones. We've all stayed in not good ones. Yep. Um, so There's a bit of a lucky dip there for as a consumer, um, but you do get access to these great locations. So we thought, oh, well, what if, what if we combine these two things, um, have a, have a low service kind of model, um, but a, but a fit for purpose build that, you know, you, you get to stay in these amazing locations in Australia. And then, let, let, so let's go from, um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the pizza and red wine. <laughs> About what time in the morning did you come up with this idea and then go, how do we go from pizza and red wine to, yep. oh, okay, I'm a little bit serious about this now. Yeah. And what do I need to do now? What, am I, what are the steps here? That you followed it was an it was a really interesting day so um i went to a hotel conference um where i was talking to a colleague about this idea um who was from a well still is from a very well-known brand international brand um and he said oh i think i think this has legs let me introduce you to um the you know the head of investment for tourism australia he's right over there wow and i was like oh might not be ready for that, but okay. <laughs> um, and then he said, oh, okay, well, let me introduce you to the head of uh, tourism in Queensland. There, there were just all these right people in the right room and we just started talking about this concept, which we, you know, to be honest, pretty sure we we're doing it on a hangover. Yep. Um, but it was after that validation, that industry, very early stage validation, we thought, oh, shit, we've got to make a business. I love that. And, you know, I look back at my own career and I call it, it's like a pinball machine, you know, yeah. um, that you get you get flung around the place and and that's that validation of idea to, oh, I'm onto something here. Yeah. Um, but it is that funny how we need to <laughs> Internally we go, I think we're onto something, but it's really nice to hear somebody else validate your idea uh, with some credibility. Mm. And so next stage from there. So we've got some valid, we've got some credibility or some valid, valid points around our business what did yep. you do then um uh, well COVID hit <laughs> right so, uh yeah I'm launching yep. yeah launching a new uh travel and accommodation business in, in COVID Co wasn't right. wasn't it? a beautiful fear flag I'd call that yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um what it did give us was extra time to um get deeper into the concept um you know it almost held back our launch which in I think maybe in hindsight, in the long run, we'll look back and go, oh, that was great. Um, so we we really dug down into, you know, what uh, what we were actually trying to do. Um, during that time, of course, you know, you sort of, I was, I was working two jobs, like, you know, still wasn't paying anything yet. So trying to do day jobs as well. Um, uh, and then what really kicked it off was a, we, we got a grant um, that fully funded our first location. Uh, in Queensland, so in partnership with our landowner up there, um, then we thought again it was it was that validation piece, and we thought okay, if 
if, if Queensland's happy to back it, then, then we'll So do. this is our test model site. Yes, exactly. Let's, let's not risk the house today, but we've got a, a grant to, and, and let's just quickly talk about um, what the pods are and what they look like and how this how this all works so to give the listeners a bit more context. Yeah, sure. So the pods are all, they're off-grid, um, modular, design-led, um, luxury, call them cabins. Um, they're all minimalist in design, so it's, we're giving you all the comfort you need. So luxury king beds, walk-in showers, floor-to-ceiling glass. Um, you know, as I said, you know, my background's in design and I almost like went against some of those typical design urges, just go, no, no, I, I need to do less because it's the landscape that's doing the work for yeah, us here. We don't want to compete with the landscape. I will never be able to compete with that. Yes. That's, um, you know, there's not enough colours in the palette <laughs> that yes. I could paint the walls. So um it was it's all about the the view and that immersion um in nature so the the pods are built in a factory um all all pre-done and, and shipped to site then loaded onto a um sorry craned into site they're off grid so it's all powered by solar rainwater um and gray water treatment on site so it's um yeah it's 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 about really stepping away letting go it's about peace quiet stillness that's the luxury we're we're sort of we're in it's not about excess and opulence yes. and more is better it's about you know you already have enough you just need to notice what you've already got i love that and i love the name wanda that just is <laughs> perfect within that within that context and so how do you how do you work with the land owner then what do you find a site or you think this is a location we want to be in so walk me through how you choose that and the sites you've got up and running at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we we have our target hotspots um, in all key states in Australia. Um, we then work really closely with local, um, well, both local and state um, government agencies, tourism bodies and whatnot, and it's generally them who help us find these local landowners, private landowners, who are... Are interested in this type of accommodation um they may have an existing business on their or operation on their land and we're just able to to coexist um, and complement each other so it's a lease model um we did that strategically because we wanted to um use as much capital as we could to scale pods rather than buying land which is capital intensive but um yeah, it's a it's a it's a long process. We are, we're after we're after some good pockets of Australia, so um, it's a long term lease that we're after, a long term relationship with landowners. So they've um, got to be equally vested in the success of what we're trying to do. Right, and it costs you about two hundred and thirty grand for a pod. Yes, correct. Yeah, and so the first one was funded by the Queensland somehow or other the tourism. And how many pods do we have up and running at the moment? Queensland, there was scenic grooms, southeast Queensland, about an hour and a half from from Brisbane and Coolangatta. There, there's five pods, um, and then a second location on Kangaroo Island, South Australia. There's four pods. Right, and I looked at some of your upcoming locations. So- yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, we've got um, the idea or the vision is to have, you know, two or three of these key um, high demand regions in in each of the states. 
Yeah, great. And so just walk me through the financial model then. So it costs you about 230 grand to put a pot on pot on. And sorry, just so I'm clear, is when you, when you look at a piece of land, you go, well, we can put three on there or we'll start with one, but there's an opportunity to build five of those. Yeah, correct. Is that how you look at it? Is there a, yeah. is there a cap or a, is there a minimum or a maximum? Generally, our sweet spot is around three to eight pods on the land. Um, it's, you know, sort of that gives us enough scale to make it worth everybody's while, but then doesn't also um, get too much of a scale that we're, you know, creating villages and need full teams to to run just at one site. So um, three to eight pods on any particular site and we do look for those opportunities where we can stage the development, perhaps putting three or four on there initially, get proof of market, get the occupancy, get the PR attraction, da, 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 and then um, move to to develop the next stage. Yeah, great. So we've got the one pod, we've got proof of concept, we've got people going, oh, yeah, I would use that. Yep. Um, and now, so how do we get, how are you going with occupancy now? Yeah, it's really, I mean, one of the good things that we did launching out of COVID, we we really caught those tailwinds. Um, so the country was just starting to open up again. It was all about regional travel. So we um, we launched in a good time um, considering considering that. So it's normalised out a, a bit now, but um, we're still staying very strong on, on rates and occupancy. Okay, great. And then... Funding now. Let's get on to the well. I want to talk about the entrepreneurial roller coaster, emotional <laughs> roller coaster. We'll come back to that. But um, you know, funding and capital. How did you think about that as you're starting to grow this thing? Yeah, I mean, we're we're just doing our first um, equity equity raise at the moment, um, and we decided to do that via crowdfunding, actually, um, which is a fairly new, I guess, way to to raise capital. In Australia, it's been going on for about five years or so. Um, and we did that for a couple of reasons. I guess we we knew our um we knew our market, we knew it's a fairly affluent affluent um market that we have. Um the product is aspirational and it's a direct-to-consumer um product as well. So, you know, being that we're all about engaging community and having, you know, these one it's for wanderers by wanderers, if mm, that makes love sense. It. Yeah. So yep. given the opportunity of these um early investors, no matter how sort of big or small, the opportunity to back this and be the beneficiaries of its success just made sense made sense to us. Right. Now without prying too much, I assume in the early days it's your money, your friends and family. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and some other partners. Well, it's the, you know, it's it's just the nature of the of the entrepreneur that you've got to get this thing started um, yep. and you've got to get some get some initial money and then and the decision to go crowdfunding. So you're telling me that Wanderers for Wanderers, that seemed like a better option than looking at the different traditional styles of funding? Um, for right now, yes. Um, you know, being that it's our first uh, first equity raise, it, you know, we haven't closed any doors to future rounds being by private equity or or whatnot so um yeah it's, i mean it is a capital intensive business where we're developing new locations and the capital that we do get in is for future growth so it's basically right and what's the what's the next level of capital you need what are you trying to raise through the crowdfunding at the moment 
At the moment, we're we're raising up to three million dollars, and that'll produce another two sites. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah, so and for that, um, people subscribe and they're going to pick up equity in some shape or form. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's um, you you buying shares in the top level of the company. Um, so you have all all the benefits of a of a of a normal shareholder. Um, and you're staying, you're staying on the cap table for until we till we exit or until right, we Nick, get back. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to put you on the spot here because um, I want to I want to understand your strong suits and weak suits. So once we start to get into finance and structures and crowdfunding, is that something you're across, or you've brought advisors in to help you with this? Bit of both. Um, I knew that this was going to be a big push, and we're um, entering a new stage of of the business, of the whole life stage of this business. You know, we're, we're getting out of startup mode. We're getting into growth mode. So I knew both my expertise and my mindset had to change with that. Um, and I needed support um, from people who have got, already gone down this path. So um, to answer that question, like, yes, it's with the support of advisors, but also um you know, I, I had to learn quickly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And this, you know, a couple of questions in that question. One is, you know, it's your baby that you've started off and to a certain extent you've got to let go of some control. Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> without that. And then the second thing is what do you expect from your advisors? Like this podcast all around the skill sets to being, being able to advise people like yourself. Mm. So, you know, what is the expectation or how do you choose your advisors? So, First one, mm. tell me about the experience of getting it up, getting it running, and then all of a sudden having to let go of some control or maybe some decision-making around it. Mm. And then the second question around how do you choose your advisors? It's really, it's an interesting one, and I think I'm, I'm in the middle of that letting go and I probably have some more to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously building or creating this thing right from the idea, the inception you are so close to it, and I know you're meant to be detached from from business, but you can't. No, there's no way. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, kind of thought, okay, like I've I've nurtured this thing up until now. If I if I want to be a good parent of this thing, I got to let it leave home. Like otherwise, it's never going to. It'll always be a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, when no one wants their kid living at home until they're 50. <laughs> so there yeah, it's a, that's the sort of mindset of just going, all right, you you need a you need to run on your own now. Right. So how do you let go with confidence? Talk talk to me about the advisory team that you started with and mm. where you're up to now and where you see it in the future. Mm. Um I I've just bought on a new advisory board. Um and I knew going into that, well I had the um the criteria going into that that the advisory board needed to suit this stage of the business right um not quite startup but also not fully fledged 500 million dollar revenue a year kind of publicly listed you know it's not that either um so they needed to understand mm, the the limitations and the opportunities that are around us right now. Um, I want a diversity in the board, both people from 
within the industry, the hotel accommodation industry, and also without, outside of the industry, sorry. Um, I wanted some people on the board who were founders themselves. I wanted some people who had that financial strong suit. So it was a mix. It was literally a mix and I needed to make sure that that diversity was complementary to to where we are. And, and once again, always one question raises another two questions. Uh, you, How did you find those people? Did you choose those people or did somebody else find them for you? And so maybe my first question first is where did you start? Who was the first person that came in and where did you find them to help you? And then the second question is, was it up to you to go on and find the people that you want on your board? Um, yes, up to me to go and find them. Um, one, my first person was um, recommended to me um, and they were in the industry. So I had that sort of foundation of, right, you know exactly what I'm, I'm sort of trying to do. Yep. Then I was like, great. But part of what Wanda is, is doing everything that the industry is not doing now. <laughs> uh, you, we needed a point yes. different. So I didn't want an advisor to say, come in and say, this Let's is build it done, like, this yep. works. Yeah. Yep. I needed someone to, to sort of crack that that shell. Um, so then I said, right, okay, that sort of seat is taken, no problem. That's That suits and I need that um, support there. Then I went, okay, I also need someone who is a founder and learns how to scale quickly. Let's get someone outside of the industry on that one. Um, so I, um, I I knew them from a from a few years ago. Um, hadn't done any work with them yet, but um, that's how I circled back because I knew I knew they were doing that. Uh, I knew they were on advisory boards now. So it's like, hey, <laughs> how about we how about we start working together? Right, and how often do you, so that was the start, and now you've got a board with some eclectic skill sets on there. How often would you meet? Oh, well, at the moment, because we're going through this raise, it's, it's actually quite often and it's intense, um, which is great. So, and then once that this is sort of over in the next couple of weeks, um, it'll uh, it'll be intense in a different way now that we know what resources we have. It's right, okay, let's look at the plan again what have we got to use and how we're going to grow from here. So I think that'll be yeah, intense in a different way. And then we'll maybe peter out to a more regular cadence, I guess, after that. Hmm. But there's a lot of a lot of emergency phone calls going on at the moment. You know, there's a <laughs> lot of scrambling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that sort of brings me on to this emotional roller coaster ride I wanted to just walk through with you. So, you know, talk to me about the feelings of uh, – startup we've had pizza and red wine we're now going oh i'm getting introduced to people i haven't really mm. got the concept proven here what were you feeling at that particular point mm. right it, at the start it's definitely the ride that that doesn't end <laughs> that's true yeah been on the been on the ride for a few years and it's it's um it's a good one uh i mean you kind of know going into it that the the highs are really high and the lows are really low, yeah. Um, and that's like not unique to me. I think that's unique to well, that's that's whatever every business owner goes through. So, um, and I think 
having that right support around you, particularly from advisory boards or um, people people who know you who may not necessarily be like family as well, like too close to you, is is really good. Mm. Um, Old sounding board, not so emotional as you. Correct. Possibly have seen it before. <laughs> And people who know know you well enough that when you know you are down and it's it's legit to be down with you, or when you're down just because you're having a bit of a whinge to say, "No, nah, get back up, let's go." Yep. yep. No, I like that. <laughs> that uh, you know, I call it professional big brother or big sister relationship. <laughs> exactly. And so. How are you feeling about the business now? We're a few years down the track. We're raising some dough. We've got some pods underway. Yeah, it's really exciting. I think, um, you know, we've gotten through the hard mud bit of getting it off the ground. Um, you know, there's the, the excitement of the idea, the fear of the unknown. You know, is this idea even going to bloody work? Yep. You launch it. That's exciting. Then there's teething issues because no matter how good your plan is, you haven't thought of everything. Um, And then now we're sort of in this nice rhythm where we can go, right, we have some really nice foundations. We know enough about what's working and what's not working to really try and push this, push the limits a little bit further, Um, which is is exciting. Yeah, and and you're starting to build, you were telling me, beforehand you're starting to build up your staff now and different skills and capabilities around you yeah yeah exactly so we're we're a core team of about six um who yeah most of them have been been around since the the beginning so that's uh it's nice to know that when you're to have your team on board that's really in it for because they see the vision as well i think that's part of the entrepreneurial flavor that you bring people along with you that you give them some energy and some inspiration and uh, you drag them into your story or into your dream. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and, I mean, it's accountability too. You know, I've, you know, in one way I go, well, we, you know, we, we created this vision and so I'm, 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 I'm accountable to my team to, um, to keep going yeah. and and to keep doing better. That's great. And also I see this, horizon where you're going to be accountable to a whole bunch of investors as well <laughs> yeah that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> it's a whole nother conversation well it is and it's just managing ex- everybody's expectations from yourself to your staff to uh, investors is that juggle which sort of leads me to you know what's your ideal week look like if you had to separate out your week and go how do i think about my week in terms of the role i play now yeah and and so i i think you know, when when I first started, it was all very visionary and and nice. Again, it was like the idea and concept building. Then the last couple of years, I mean, since launch, it got it got very detailed. It got very, um, you know, I was in operations, uh, figuring it out. Um, this thing was live, and you know, you're dealing with problems and opportunities there and then. Um, whereas I think now, because that's, as I said, sort of got a, a nice cadence and foundation to it now, I can turn back to the vision, the visionary role 
not that I ever said obviously people left it, but that's um it's it's looking at what is chapter two. Yeah, great. Looking at future, future needs, services. Yeah. So I'm looking you got, for you're starting to get some headspace back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. To to start to to look forward again. And you know, as the I know it's early days this, but you know, when I talk when you think succession, yeah. Um, is this a three-year journey you're on, a five, a 10, a 20? How does this fit for you in terms of the vision for the business? Um, I'd like to say it's five to seven. Yeah. Yeah, five to seven-year vision. Um, but it also needs to be the right time at that time. Um, and if, you know, if the business isn't quite ready for it, then, um, you know, it's not a... You're not going to walk away from it either. It's not going to be a dump and run. It's going to be no. If whoever it needs to be handed over to needs to, it needs to be in good hands. Yeah, it's the entrepreneurial dilemma is that sometimes you get it up and running, and and then you you stay in too long. You're not the right person for the next level of growth. Yeah, completely. Um, and I'm I think I'm aware of that. Um, I'd like to think that that's you know my, it's not quite my time yet. But um, yeah, perhaps in five or seven years, it's I need a. Keep and assessing, I, really. And I, I want to, um, we'll wrap this up shortly. This has been um, really interesting for me to, to talk through with this, but I like to talk about IQ and EQ, right? So the emotional intelligence and, and the you know the physical intelligence, but also there's a, I like to think about VQ, which is your vitality quotient. Yeah, your ability <laughs> to get shit done. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. and then the last one's AQ, which is your adversity quotient. So when you're in the trenches, yeah, yeah. how good yeah. are you? Are you up for the fight? Yeah. <laughs> when I think about IQ, EQ, VQ, and AQ, what resonates with you as an entrepreneur? Oh, the like the VQ definitely. Well, both 100. But VQ, like I, I love that. Um, that sort of. Um, that's also ideal week kind of mindset. Like let's let's get it done. I'd rather it get, you know, get these ideas out there, test them, see how we're going. You know, I I'm a perfectionist at heart, so it's just sometimes hard for me to do that. But I know it needs to be done, so let's just get shit done. Um, and the the adversity one, I think it's that's much harder, um, but possibly. Yeah, one of the most important. No, that's there, great. No, <laughs> I've just always got this vision as a, for an entrepreneur or a business owner that you're rowing a boat, yeah, rowing a small boat, yep. dragging a large boat behind you, but there's holes springing up everywhere. You've got yeah. to keep rowing while plugging the holes. And your arms are hurting. Yeah. And your arms are hurting. Yeah. 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 Trying yeah. to yell to other people to come and help you. Um, yeah. <laughs> as you're going along so for, for those people listening who are you know down down this journey is there anything you change or strategy wise is you, when you look back you go oh probably should have done this earlier or this later or any not re regrets is too strong a word but maybe a different way you could have thought about things um i know i know people say this all the time but it's just so true it's like just tr trust your instinct yep um trust your instinct and be probably more patient than you want to be <laughs> yeah did yeah. you ever have those moments of uh well if it doesn't work out i can always go back to this 
Did you ever have those thoughts? Mm, no. <laughs> oh, okay. So no. You were always going to jump off the cliff and here's where we're going. Yeah. It's, um, you know, as hard as it is, it's, um, there's no sort of turning back and um, going, going back to a job. <laughs> That's it. You've burned, you've burned the boats, so to speak. And the boats. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I'm just going to finish with, um, I always talk about if, you know, if you had to put one word on a rock, for the year, for the next 12 months for you, which is like the lens that you want to make decisions from. So it's like the, the big context, yeah? So mm. for me, a few years ago, I think the word was joy. Um, another word I had was enrichment. Uh, this year was relevance, yeah? So it's the, mm -hmm. the, the lens on making decisions on throughout the year. What mm -hmm. would be the word that would be would resonate for you? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. They're, they're, they're good words, but... Um... I would, am I, am I allowed, how big is the rock? Am I allowed a couple of words? Yeah, a couple of words. <laughs> um, it would be don't, don't let your, yourself limit you. you, you. Um, don't think, don't have a limiting mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, think Limitless bigger. is almost the word. Here we go. Mm. I, can, I can get it on a small rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Limitless yeah. thinking. Mm, expansion yeah. no i love that um, and then i mean it doesn't like i said it doesn't all have to happen now but yeah. you have to have the ability to think like that um and then and then see what's relevant for now great so Cass, let's just summarize this for people listening we had pizza and red wine that's a must we we, <laughs> we found a hole in the market or a service in the market that we thought was relevant we bounced mm -hmm. it off some people we mm -hmm. got some feedback Mm -hmm. uh, we invested some of our dough or family and friends and we, we enlisted people. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a proof of concept. We started, to, we started to bring some other advisors in around us to help support us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we've started to build some staff. Um, a lot of it's your, a lot of it early days is all your energy to get this thing up and running. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And now we're in a, whilst we're not at the end of the journey, we're feeling a lot more, uh, secure about the journey, mm -hmm. positive that you can you can see that we're we're through the initial scary phases of this business build. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Is that how you, we we see it? Yeah. Start building. Really we've got easy. some crowdfunding. <laughs> we've got some um, we've got some crowdfunding that hopefully raise for the next lot, and that that won't be the last of the raises, but it, certainly we're after the what is it the the wandering wanderers. Uh, yes <laughs> to, to come and support the business build and support the vision that you have for the for the future of this that's it yeah <laughs> i love it i want to thank you so much now where do we find you we obviously find you on the website if we look up wanda yeah um website so, so wanda.com.au um on our socials uh we're yep. we're out there so well we'll yeah. certainly attach the link to this podcast but um I want to thank you. That's been it's it's just been so insightful, and it is lovely to talk to you know it's it, it's to a range of entrepreneurs, but one in this been through the first phase and to hear the emotional roller coaster, and <laughs> I just think it normalizes it for everybody who's embarking on these types of journeys. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely, it's um it's good. I mean, you could have a have a lot of courage to do it, but it's so rewarding. So um, if you're thinking about doing it, just just take the leap. Just jump off the cliff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Scott.
Bye. Thanks for listening to the GAP podcast. We've now developed the Essentials Package for advisors. It's the collaterals video and training for you to work in this high net wealth space. Also, we're running a course for those who want to work with significant families and significant individuals. For more information, go to thegaff.com.au.